Ah, hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, the scary sequel. That's only because it's so close to Halloween. And we'll call this spooky Halloween-y episode Day 122, even though I have no idea how many days it's been since I originally began this experiment, where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips, since I wrapped up the original show some months ago on Day 120. For new listeners who are looking for my food story told in real time about how I came out from under 50, count them, 50 years of compulsive dieting and binge eating, and how I learned to accept myself and turn my focus onto life versus food, please go back and listen to shows 1 through 120, though it's quite all right if you stay with us today. Since I wrapped up the original show, I decided to put out bonus episodes now and again and updating the longtime Brave Companions on what I've been up to and greeting some of the new Brave Companions who are listening to the old episodes for the very first time, and generally sharing whatever thoughts are on my mind now that the robot aliens have left the building. So please stay tuned while we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, and then I'll share what's scary with me today. But I'm letting go. It was so wonderful to hear you let something go yet again. Well, you brave companions are wondering, haven't you let go of every single thing? Well, the answer is no, I have not. And today's show theme, I don't know if it's so much letting go. Well, it kind of is. I'm thinking about how I need to continually let go of things that scare me. Now, I don't mean scare me like dangerous, physically dangerous, but I mean scare me because I think I'm going to appear foolish. Appearing foolish is a really silly reason to be scared of trying something new. So what if we look foolish? (laughs) Foolish is good. Foolish fun. I tell you, foolish is a wonderful place to be. When you're not scared of being foolish, is room to grow and have a lot of fun. So just to make this point of how fear of foolishness and fear of what others think of you can get in your way, I'm going to read you a blog post I wrote that I almost didn't publish because I felt it was a little too close to the bone. This post is called Self-Acceptance Takes Practice and Bravery, and the selfie is actually one of me in the bathtub. But no worries, it doesn't show anything except for my face, and I thought my eyes actually looked particularly nice there. And the caption says, I was inspired to take this shot by Demi Lovato's recent spontaneous body acceptance-based no-makeup nude photo shoot. Like I said, no worries, I'm not you know, showing anything. But I liked how my eyes look. I feel pretty even though I still weigh over 200 pounds. Self-acceptance is about who you are, not what's happening. And then I go on to write, what does voice acting have to do with body image? 
I've been working hard on my voice acting and still love it, but I notice that despite my work and improvement, I still don't connect in a real way very easily. The minute I get on the mic, I turn into the display model of a person versus a real person. I can work through it eventually, but it's a huge struggle. It's much bigger struggle than I'd like, given how much I've learned this far. I've been pondering and pondering, and it finally hit me. 50 plus years of ignoring my body and of not liking who I am and disregarding feelings until ice cream was available has put an automatic wall around me. It's the mask I talk about on the show, only deeper. Sigh. I have come very far in the self-acceptance department. But despite having a grand finale celebration to end the regular podcast series, my emotional growth is not complete, which makes sense since we are never finished as long as we draw breath. But even so, the sheer amount of my disconnect with my body is crazy-making. Haven't we heard all this before? Yes, I first discovered my body disconnect with my voice acting breathing. I had have a resistance to letting my tummy relax so my diaphragm can function. I have so trained myself to suck it in 24-7. But from singing lessons and breathing lessons and practice, 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 I can now functionally connect with my body in front of the mic. What's new? What's new is the depth of my emotional barriers. I realized that one of the hallmarks of my podcast was my emotional honesty. I pretty much told it like it was as much as possible, but even then I was holding back. I really don't want to expose my emotional underbelly, aka the real me, and this is due to decades of self-protective habit. One reason I was drawn to voice acting was so I don't have to be who I am. I can be a dragon. A mother, a fairy queen, a customer service rep, a sex pot, anything. Because in voice, I thought, I am not limited by my body. If I went before the camera to act, who could I be? The grandma? The frumpy lady buying detergent? But here's the truth. Even at the age I am and the body I have, I could perform on stage as almost anything. I, Lori, am the one limiting myself. I'm the one not feeling that I am enough. I am the one in my own way. The depth of this problem. This is a really big problem. Just telling myself how great I am doesn't get down to the bedrock of bad self-esteem. I believe I am lying when I say those positive things. Telling myself that I am enough doesn't cut it either. Because my compulsive brain can list 100 examples of where I didn't get the job, the guy, the award, the promotion, the praise, the gold star. And knowing in my logical brain that nobody gets everything and that I have done some pretty great stuff and that I have a pretty great character doesn't help either. Because it isn't logical Lori who blocks emotional reality, it's original Lori, the Lori that first came into the world as herself and got hurt. I know, I know, artsy-fartsy-feely stuff, but it is true. Original Lori doesn't trust anyone or anything. And original Lori does not like the fact that podcast Lori was spilling the beans all of the time and original Lori sure as hell doesn't want to be vulnerable. Acting is fine as long as it is pretend, another mask, a costume. But acting is not a costume. 
You need to allow yourself to shine through so it doesn't feel fake to the audience. This is true on stage and with your voice. You cannot hide. Your voice tells if you are smiling, if you are nervous, if you are seeing something, if you are speaking to a person, or you are stuck in a sound booth. To do well, you have to risk being yourself for all to see or hear. Here's the lesson. Know what? This isn't only for voice acting. Many of us who struggle with food issues don't want to connect with ourselves, let alone risk showing ourselves to others. We either hide ourselves behind some fat or behind some control, but I think we hide ourselves through it all. I also think that for me, the binging represented one of the times the real person escaped. Original Lori could sure revel in some ice cream. Ice cream was rebellion and self-love. It was letting myself be who I was for those few moments. I was usually alone and safe and secret. I was allowing myself to want something, knowing it was in my own power to meet that need. Usually it isn't in my power. Usually my needs involve other people. And boy, just let me tell you, that didn't work out very well for original Lori. So over all of these years, I built walls, fat slash diet walls, false people pleasing walls that didn't allow the real me to count, walls of cut off emotions and distraction. My penchant for survivor reruns is also a way to cut off. Right now I'm writing very close to the bone and it is scary. Why am I doing it, you ask? Isn't the show basically over? Why not slink back into privacy and let it go? When in doubt, get brave. Tough to process that question, but let's first take a break to admire my new warrior haircut. And if you go into today's show notes, day 122, there will be a link to this particular posting. And there you can see my new haircut where half the back of my head is sort of shaved under my ponytail. (laughs) And that is so I can look cool when I'm wearing a ponytail, but also because my hair is so thick and crazy that by cutting half of it off, my hair falls a little better. But anyhow, I'm really proud of this haircut. So come look at this blog and look at my picture. Now, back to my story. From the new BCs who still write and call, I know the podcast was and is powerful. I also know the episodes with the most power that generate the most response are my vulnerable moments. The grand finales and extravaganzas are great in their own way, but the shows that truly touch people were the ones where I accidentally dropped the mask all of the way. Acting is learning how to drop the mask in service to the story. It doesn't matter if it is a grand-scale tale like Lord of the Rings or Selling Detergent. I, the actor, must believe what I am saying, and the way to get there is to access my true self. To access my true self, I have to practice until it isn't so scary that I will choke every time. To that end, I met with an acting teacher. Not voice acting, full-on acting. I'm going to take a class and let my body be part of my world. I'm going to do whatever it takes to integrate original Lori into my life, body and all, and let her be heard and take risks. I'm not even going to push acting on camera or stage to the side. I'm going to learn with an open heart and see what happens. After all, Compulsive Overeating Diaries started just that way. And look how that turned out. I met all of you and learned that I made a difference. Original Lori has to feel good about that. XOXOXO. (laughs) 
And I'd like to thank all of the brave companions who came to comment on this blog, including the wonderful Leora Fulvio from BingeEatingTherapy.com. So if you're interested in all of these comments, stop by the blog and take a look, and I'd be happy to hear from you too. So thank you, Amy from Wisconsin, Donnie, and others. And we'll move on with other updates from what's been going on and scaring me in my life lately. Well, something that was super scary and annoying last show was I shared a little bit more about my medical problems. If you go back and read the blog posts in the last several months, you'll know that I've really had a struggle with a lot of digestive issues and was really losing my energy and getting hard to have a sense of humor about this. Well, my angel doc did all kinds of tests, figured out what was going on with me, and I got to tell you, I am feeling so much better. And no, I'm not going to make any more jokes about it, but I am feeling much better. And, you know, it was scary, all of the things that the angel doc and I both feared might be wrong with me. And it made me evaluate what do I want in my life, right? What do I want? What am I grateful for? What do I hope for? What do I want to do? And it really helped me in some ways to not take for granted every day I feel well or well enough or able to accomplish something, whether it's trying to bake a new recipe or to take a class like the acting class or to call up somebody that I love and talk to them, reach out, whatever it is, this medical scare really put the fire under me to appreciate myself you know, it doesn't matter how thin or fat I am. It really doesn't even matter how old I am or if my hair under all this beautiful dye and warrior haircut is gray or brown, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if I'm getting age spots. It doesn't matter if I'm not even close to a young generation. It doesn't even matter what people think of me at all. I know now the joy of just being alive and having the opportunity to choose something more in my life, the opportunity to appreciate the good things that I have, and to know that I am enough. Now, do I think this wonderful, feely, good mood will just stick with me forever, and from now on, I'm going to be even keel, and no more pathetic moments, and no more fierce? No, I don't think that. But I'm happy that I have this show right now to reflect on it and play this back. Lori, next time you're bitching about stuff, remember how scary it was for you and the doctor to go through those tests and what you were scared of and what was the result and what do you have now at this moment in time? You know, fear just wastes the time that you have. Look into things that scare you. Be brave and take a step into the unknown and see what happens. Because usually what happens isn't as bad as what you fear. It really isn't. And that's a lesson that I've really struggled to learn. So medically, yay, thumbs up. But now 
now I gotta share with you a story that makes me think I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy cuckoo. I went to the voice acting networking group and I caught up with one of my very favorite voice acting buddies. Her name is Joanne. And she said to me, hey, Lori, I'm going to stand up comedy class starting Monday and I want you to come too. And I said, wow, you know, I always wanted to give stand up comedy a try. A lot of times I'm naturally funny. Maybe it would be fun to see if I could be funny, quote unquote, on purpose. But I'm thinking in my head, Mark and I want to take a dance class. I've got my writing group. I'm starting this brand new acting class, as well as my coach David and I are making my demos for voice acting. I've got all these things on my plate. So I wrote her an email and said, well, you know, Joanne, I really would love to take this class with you. But, you know, I've just got all these things on my plate and I don't think I could devote my time. And part of me is going, good for you, Lori. Don't people please. But in my heart of hearts, I was feeling kind of sad. Like, I really wanted to give stand-up comedy a try. And what could be better than trying it with my friend? So I did what I usually do in these situations. I made an appointment to talk with Mark. And I thought, this is a slam dunk. I won't have to go to comedy class because the minute I tell Mark I want to go to comedy class, he's going to say, are you crazy? How much money are you already spending on these other classes? And how much time do you think you have? Are you completely out of your gourd? So this would give me an out, right? I don't have to risk stand-up comedy class because Mark, as my husband, will put the fear of bejesus in me and I will know that this isn't the proper thing to do at this time. But dang it, Mark said, you really like Joanne and want to do something with her and this would be fun for you, right? Opportunity doesn't always knock twice. This is an opportunity. I'm like, oh my God, Mark is never this way. I could always count on him to put on the brakes. Say, no, are you crazy? You can't spend money on that or you shouldn't be doing this. You're already doing A, B, and C. But he said, it sounds like you really want to do this. Opportunity doesn't always knock twice, and it sounds like opportunity is knocking. Oh, my goodness. Well, wrinkle number two, the time of the class is usually the time that I'm working with my coach, David Babich. And David time is really, really limited because he's in the middle of doing a brand new play as well as his other acting endeavors. And so he doesn't have a lot of flexibility. So I said, okay, I will email Joanne. I'll email her and say, I'm going to ask David, can he reschedule me? And if he can, great. Otherwise, I'm really sorry to miss this. Again, I'm thinking, ha ha, I'm not going to have to be scared to go to comedy class because there's no way that David has any time in his jam-packed schedule to move me. Guess what? He did. <laughs> so... Now on Mondays, I go to David and work on my demo, and then I go to stand-up comedy class. That's right, the whole thing, you know, mics and ladies and germs and try to write jokes and tell people the truth but make it funny. And it's really tough, let me tell you. And it is the scariest thing I think I've ever tried to do. Even scarier than getting a photograph in the bikini that I told you about after doing Body for Life. Stand-up is really unique business, but I'm giving myself kudos, yay, and putting myself 
big time on the bravery report because I followed through and I'm going to stand up class with my friend and I'm stepping out into life and I may just suck as a stand up. Doesn't matter because I'm learning that scary experiences can be something that helps us feel alive and helps us see where is that box we're always trying to think outside of? Where is it? Sometimes I think we're so close in on ourselves and what our comfort is that we don't even come close to the box, let alone push through those boundaries. Some folks who have pushed through some boundaries are new BCs that took the time to email me and are listening to the show for the first time. And today I have to say everybody is international. The first new BC's note comes from Emma, and Emma lives in Coruna, Spain. She writes... Hi, Lori. This might be a little late since I only found your podcast four days ago. I live in A Coruna, a town in northwestern Spain you've probably never heard of. Well, I just want to let you know about the deep impact your diary is making in my life. I'm 45 and I've lived in hatred with my body for as long as I can remember. Hiding has been a constant, hiding my body, my eating issues, and my feelings. And suddenly, I find someone who dares to talk openly about what's been eating at me for ages— You're so brave. So for now, let me just say thank you. I've heard episode 11 where you talk about your disappointment over the Daily Adventure podcast. I do hope this will help a little bit when you feel down to think of the impact you've made in small places you've never heard of. Regards from Spain, Emma. I tell you, Emma, thank you so much for the note and thank you for the permission. And I'm so sorry with my Spanish accent. I don't know if I can pronounce your town correctly, but I so appreciate it. And I also want to give thanks and a big smooch to BC Rafael, who sent me a kind message via SpeakPipe. Now, I'm not going to play it for you, Brave Companions, because Rafael did not give me permission to play it, but he took the time to send it, and I so appreciate it. So here's a smooch for you. Next, we hear from France. In fact, it's from Angers, France, if I'm saying that correctly. This is from Suad. Hi, Laurie, and greetings from Angers, France. I've discovered your blog last week on Stitcher, which I came to know through a message from the positive psychology lecture I followed on Coursera. I discovered it too late to be able to contact you when you were started this adventure, but have been listening to your podcast from day one onwards. I am amazed by your openness. You definitely are a true warrior of life. Not because of the struggles you had, but because of your ability of letting yourself be known without a mask. This has been a revelation. I'm 41 and have struggled with binge eating most of my life as well. Listening to you every day has helped me to acknowledge how sensitive I am, how easily I can feel overwhelmed by my emotions, which is ironic as I come across as a strong, self-assured, and slightly gruff woman. I have lost control of my eating a year and a half ago and am heavier than I have been well above 100 kilogram. I also went through weight losses and gains 30 kilogram at a time each time and had gym bulimia when I gave up smoking. I don't seem to be able to stop myself at the moment, especially at work. It seems as if I'm in an eat or flee situation in the office. I so don't want to be there, but I have to keep my job. This being said, I don't write to discuss the situation I am in at the moment. I have to face my needs rather than suppress them five biscuits at a time. 
The purpose of this message is to thank you for having put yourself and your story out there. Thank you for being the testimony that change is possible at any age. Your portrait helped me see clearly a part of myself I've been suppressing and ignoring since my childhood. Thank you for being the distant mirror I needed at last to see it clearly. I wish you all the happiness in the world. Take care, Suad. Oh, Suad, thank you so much for these encouraging messages. Because I have to say, for the most part, I'm feeling pretty good and positive. I do miss my show. I miss doing the regular things, and I miss hearing from brave companions. And especially now, as I march forward into my voice acting persona, I feel like, oh, maybe this wasn't the best idea to put your whole soul and your whole life out there in such graphic detail. Because, you know, people, when they're looking to hire you for various things, they look online to see what you're about. And so I've been having the littlest bit of cringe, scary, about, huh, maybe you shouldn't have said the F word so much. And maybe you shouldn't have been so honest about how pathetic you are or the fears that you have around acting. If you're out to hire a voice actor, do you want a pathetic, scaredy cat? Or do you want someone who can get the job done? Well, if you are listening to this and you want a voice actor, go ahead and look into me because I can get the job done. I've studied hard and done well, and the fact that I can be honest on a podcast just means I know what it means to be honest with your message. How's that, BCs? Not bad, huh? <laughs> and to that end, actually, another exciting thing I've just done for me is I put up my first placeholder website for my demos and voice acting work. So if you want to check out my ever-growing collection of demos, go to Lori We. Weaver, V-O, that's Lori Weaver, and V like Victor, O like Orange.com. And you'll be able to hear it and see my progress as I go forward. Or send that link to anybody you know of who might like a voiceover actor. Next up, we continue on with our spooky Halloween theme, where Mark writes and narrates his latest campfire tale for Lori's stories. His new tale is called Ghostwood. Hello and welcome. Sit down, relax, and get ready to listen. It's time for Lori's Stories, where brave companions share what they've been writing. It was very dark. The huge campfire was dwarfed by the darkness. The wind howled high in the trees. But strangely, it was calmed by the fire, except for the occasional crackle. The strange cold crept up her backs as Ranger Bob told his story. He looked around as he talked. I believed he was scared to even tell us this story. I told myself the goosebumps were because of the cold. Of course, that failed to explain why they came and went as the story progressed. The fire flared up huge for a second. Ranger Bob 
pulled out his knife, said, sorry, I was very careful, but I think I might have put ghost wood in the fire. I thought, oh no, not ghost wood. Ranger Bob said, why did I have to tell this story? I did not know what Ghostwood was or why we were all standing up. Just a horror. And Ranger Bob's face was enough to make me want to run. He said, whatever you do, do not run. Our only chance is to stick together or they will kill us all. They, who was they? I wish he finished his story. He was just getting to the good part about how ancient this forest was and the six types of ghosts, three good and three bad. He said, now turn around, away from the fire. He said, you can now see their glowing green and red eyes. I could not see them. But after a few of the guys were freaking out, one started to cry. Bob screamed, stop crying. They will drink your tears. They will come fast. Will sound like stampeding horses. That will happen after a wolf howls three times and a drum beats slowly. I thought maybe the good ghost will save us. Wish I knew who they were. One guy said he could hear them coming off in the distance. Now I'm really freaking out. I actually hear three wolf howls and ten slow drum beats. Then a boom and a flash. Ranger Bob was laughing maniacally. A figure stepped out of the woods with a drum strapped to its side, howled like a wolf, and said, it's amazing what you can do with a firecracker and a little imagination. to share your story, just call the Bravery Hotline. Use SpeakPipe or email Lori your story to be read on the air. Just mention this is for Lori's stories and she'll do the rest. Yay! Thank you so much, honey, for taking the time out to write that story and share it with us. Because Brave Companions, as we've discussed before, for Mark to actually narrate his writing is very scary for him. So Mark goes on the bravery report for coming through for us yet again. And if you'd like a little more Halloween fun, I want to remind you that last year we had a huge Halloween extravaganza. And I'll put the link to last year's show on today's show notes and on Daily Adventure Tales 
details, we also had a really big Halloween extravaganza. So there's two, two podcast episodes that you can listen to to put you into the Halloween spirit. And to end today's scary version of our show... We'll close out this Halloween bonus episode by rocking out to this year's holiday jive, Rednecks with White Faces by Cowhouse from the spooky compilation album called Calling All Fiends, available on freemusicarchive.org. So have fun, everybody. Stay safe. And remember, send me your stories and things because you'll never know when I'm going to be on the podcast block again. Take care, everyone, because I still really, 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 really care. Dark, cold world out there. There's a time to live and a time for a man to die. There are places for dead men in the earth and the sky. Don't you venture too far now, cause you can't come back. From the place where the good guys always dress in black. When you go to the old saloon, Dead South End. Gonna find you a man there wants to be your friend. If you dare to deny his wish, you'll be dead by dawn. So give him a drink and a smile and then move right on. Rednecks with white faces, don't go putting on down. Rednecks with white Don't you dare to smile as long black fingers